This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, congratulations, pal. Yesterday was the anniversary of you proposing to Sarah, wasn't it? True, yeah, it was, yeah. One year ago. Yeah, yeah, we went back to the same uh, place, the rec room, uh, that we went to before I proposed, then we went back to our place and had like the little setup thing that my friends had set up when we were gone. But yeah, yeah. we went to the rec room and had some drinks and some pizza. She didn't know anything was going on a year ago. Mm-hmm. You took her out for dinner and uh, date night. And then when you got back to your house, fireworks, down yeah. on one knee, rings, dogs. Champagne. Yeah. Rose petals. corks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got a question about your relationship, actually. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Well, just before we get to that, uh, what are we, one year out from the wedding? Yeah. Okay. Next June. All right. Um, what's, what's your question about my relationship? Oh, we don't have time. No, 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 no. This is, this is good. Uh, <laughs> are you aware that your wife uh, slept with Chef Gordon Ramsay? What? <laughs> Had an affair or something, maybe more what than you, once? What are you talking about? She just posted a picture of your son, Grayson, on Instagram, and look at little Chef Ramsay. Uh, is that not Gray identical? looks like Gordon Ramsay? Yes. He looks exactly like Gordon Ramsay. In that picture, he kind of does? Yeah, I can, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Can he cook? No, Play but he, soccer? he's often shoving food into my chest, telling me it tastes like garbage. Oh, oh bud. Uh-oh, <laughs> DNA test time. Take it back to the <laughs> kitchen. This is garbage. One time he, uh, he put uh, two pieces of bread on either side of my face and called me an idiot sandwich. <laughs> Good looking kid though, huh? Sure, yeah. I just I'm a little concerned because I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm sitting across from my yeah, alleged yeah. father here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, thank God his mom is good looking. She's driving up the average Someone's in her family up the for sure. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Jim, I just saw you uh, retweet the story about that the the little unofficial Edmonton Euler. Who passed away? So yeah, sad, huh? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the highlight of the playoffs last year for me. I'm not even an Oilers fan, but yeah, Ben Stelter, the little kid you'd see at every Oilers game, he'd be carrying the bear. He'd be saying, "Play La Bamba, baby," and he'd pump up the team <laughs> with a video before every game. And man, yeah, that was that was that's sad. That bummed me out. Yeah, the players saying he was their inspiration when they were on that ten game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Right? God, and, I just wish they pulled it out, you know, all the way. Hundred percent. It's too bad. And you had uh, off the ice, uh, McDavid and and other Edmonton Oilers spending time with him and his family. They really formed mm-hmm. quite the connection. And uh, our thoughts, obviously, going out to little Ben's family. He was only six years old. Unimaginable for for parents to go through, but those players as well. I mean, they've got to be heartbroken in the Oilers organization that he lost his uh, his battle with glioblastoma, which is a, uh, it's a br- brain tumor cancer that he was dealing with. He, he had the helmet on, right? You, you recognize him. He's the little guy with the Oilers jersey and the helmet and just the big smile on his face. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's what always gets me. We do um, charity work and we work with uh, a couple childhood cancer organizations and even though they're going through this unimaginable time, something that as an adult you can't even comprehend going through, Mm -hmm. they're just kids. And it's the smiles on their faces that, oh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but uh, yeah, he, he definitely was a shining light. Uh, rest in peace, Ben. And if you uh, want to make a donation, if you're thinking, you're seeing some of the stuff online, you're thinking, what can I do? There's great organizations like the Brain Tumor uh, Foundation in Ontario, braintumor.ca. Uh, you can go there and, and get some information and make a donation if that's something you're interested in. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. For comedy fans, this is a tough one. Steve Martin says, after Only Murders in the Building, the current show that streams on uh, Disney Plus there, once that wraps up, he is done with acting. He's not going to make cameos. He is going to officially retire. And he's had a long career, almost 80 years old. Currently, he is still touring with Martin Short. Those two guys get along very well. I could sit around and just listen to those two talk for hours and hours on end. And we were fortunate enough a couple of years ago when they were bringing their live show through Ontario to talk to Martin Short mm-hmm. and Steve Martin. And the conversation ended up going off the rails a little bit. Listen. Oh, I loved Hamilton. I, I loved growing up in Hamilton. I, I, I had a great, I grew up in Westdale, right near the university. Uh, uh, Hamilton swung. I thought it was the it, we we were not Toronto, and we liked that. We called we used to call Toronto Hogtown. We were very competitive because <laughs> of the Tiger Cats. Yeah, do you know what they call Hamilton now? They call it the Hammer. Have you heard that one before? Oh yeah, absolutely. What does that mean? It's just a it's a it's a, it's, a, it's based on Hamilton Hammer. Yeah, I don't know. I have been to Hamilton. By the way, I've well, been to Hamilton. What did you think, Steve Martin? I really liked it. I went to the art museum there, as a matter of fact. That's right. You love your art museums, don't you? Yeah, that's true. And also, the uh, there were, uh, like, a lot of... It was a little snow on the ground. There were a lot of ducks. You've been to the museum here in London, Ontario, as well, right? I think so. Looking at so. L- Lauren yeah. Harris paintings a couple years back. That's exactly right. It was on exactly the front right. page of the newspaper, you feeding some geese. Maybe I... Maybe I didn't go to Ham. I know I went to Hamilton, but uh, I, the, the East is where the the art museum was. That's London, so right? I got the that's London. Stuff, I guess. Oh, don't worry. No one in okay. Hamilton will be offended by that. Boy, what an explorer you are! You're you're a regular Magellan. <laughs> is that weird though that you feeding geese is front page news? Because I remember the pictures of you in the newspaper the next day, standing there feeding geese in the snow. Listen, as I was doing it, I was thinking. Where are the reporters? This should be front page. <laughs> uh, you're a big Group of Seven fan. Who is the least talented in the Group of Seven? Well, Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I like that question. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Rank them. No. Best to worst. Yeah, they, all, they all have. Well, then why did you once? Why did you once say, to, Steve? Why did you once say to me, Tom Thompson, Tom Schmompson? <laughs> what did that mean? <laughs> First, I want to tell you something, Mister Marty. Canadian Tom Thompson yeah. is not. He's not in the group, not of, in the group seven. of seven, Marty. He is not. There's is a that little. True? Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a little. True. You're in the order of Canada. I thought that was part of the test. No, I. I if he shouldn't have been, he, he. It's like no, no. They always say the group of seven and Tom Thompson. <laughs> a little bit before, before them. Seriously, he was a little bit before them, and the group of seven actually had some people leave and come back in. So it was a amorphous group, but its leader was certainly Lauren Harris. Did you like Franklin Carmichael? I did. I love him. David Milne, I don't believe, was in the group of seven. I'm not sure. 
It was A. Y. Jackson. It's Frank Johnson. Yes. It's Arthur Lismer. It's, it's yeah, yeah. You, you know, I have Charlie. I have a computer too. <laughs> <laughs> but you bastard. Let me just let me just uh, say them off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. Frank Johnson, Arthur Lismer, Jay McDonald, Frederick Barley. But I'm the only one who remembers that Arthur, the Lauren Harris, this was this born one. in 1885. Yeah, go ahead. I'm right on Wikipedia. Two artists commonly associated with the group are Tom Thompson and Emily Carr, although they died before its official formation. So how could he be in the group? Hey, guys, let me, I, I'm assuming you're planning to edit this interview <laughs> because I, you want an audience, don't you? No, we're live. This is educational. Are uh, kids, we really live? Kids are learning. No, we're not live. Wait, are we? No, are we not live? No, we're not live. <laughs> no, we're <laughs> doomed as doomed. We have time for one more question. We're as doomed as doomed can be, I must say. <laughs> How great was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got the... The Ed Grimley at the end there. We <laughs> got to hear those two go back and forth like yeah. an old married couple. Yeah. Steve Martin and Martin Short, a couple of legends there. We got we got the uh, publicist jumping into the call who was yeah. clearly sick of our nonsense. She, she could have been a voice actor for a publicist. I'm sorry. This will be the final question. You've got one more question. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up. This is, we're supposed to be talking about the live show that that Steve and Marty are doing. <laughs> we got to, we got to call. I got to call Martin Short Marty. Yeah, that you guys are tight. Like we're best friends. Mm-hmm. What a great memory there. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Motley Crew continue their stadium tour with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, Poison, and Def Leppard. Monday they were at the Rogers Center in Toronto, and last night. The home of your Buffalo Bills, Jim Kelly. Mm-hmm. Highmark Stadium in Buffalo, New York. And uh, I don't know what Tommy Lee was doing after the show, but an interesting social media post was made about 4 a.m. by the drummer of Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah. It's just a straight-up D-pick. An unsolicited D-pic on Instagram, which has a no nudity policy, but it's still up there, apparently. Tommy Lee's 59. Oh, it's up there. (laughs) He's 59 years old. He did it. Uh, And all he put was, oops, as the caption. He's apparently sitting on the edge of of a tub or something, and he posted at like four in the morning. Are you looking at the picture right now? No. Uh, Well, there is a picture. Actually, there's the censored version. Right. I don't really know how they thought it was a bathtub. Maybe when it's less pixelated, you can see so some porcelain down there. He I might don't know. be sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Maybe, but there's no back. You know what I mean? Like, there's no tank. I don't know what's going on. But even his wife, I guess he's married, and she, she just put, Oh, my God, on one of the comments as everybody's comments are coming in. Like, I don't understand the, the game plan here, but uh, it's certainly getting them attention. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while since he's... Uh, He's, we've seen mm-hmm. that part of his body. Yeah, yeah. We were due for an update. <laughs> Us, we saw was the uh, the special effects version talking in the Pam and Tommy <laughs> show, right? But yeah. uh, so it it seems he posted it. He posted the word "oops" along with it. So yeah, it seems it like, like he did it on purpose. Well, yeah. You so you because like you. Uh, 
it's hard to post a picture to Instagram. It's not like when you accidentally text your mom or your dad an inappropriate text or photo because it gets mixed up easily. You're opening Instagram. I guess you could think you're posting another picture of the concert the night before, and then your 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 pic goes up there. But the tongue in cheek, oops! I think it was obviously on, like on purpose. <laughs> Look at the headline: Motley Crue fans horrified by Tommy Lee's Instagram post. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> some people. I'm kind of. That's not hor- my Tommy. I'm kind of horrified. <laughs> Why? Well, how how are we supposed to compete with that, Jim? But we already knew, yeah. you know. Like, I mean, if, they, if this is Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee's par for the course. It's not like everyone's like, I will never follow Tommy Lee again. How dare he behave this way? That's kind of what he does. He's aging gracefully, isn't he? It almost looks bigger with everything else starting to sag. <laughs> <laughs> There's hope for us. Okay, so uh, Tommy Lee, uh, a little. Uh, Treat for the fans there on his Instagram page. Last we checked, it is still up there. We'll and take... we're checking every minute. <laughs> yeah, we're checking over and over. Refresh. refresh, refresh. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Anytime you want to be part of the show, you can call 1-833-829-6546. That's 1-833-TAZ-JIM. We've got a phone call here from one of our, our regulars. Trucker Jim, you may remember, he was our, our, our point man in Port Dover back on Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the summer, he was out there talking to people on the main drag in Port Dover uh, as, as the bikes came cruising in, and we had some fun, we had some laughs. But this is, uh, this is some bad news here. Trucker Jim is on the line, and you've had a bad accident, Trucker Jim. Yeah, I had a big giant piece of pipe roll on top of me off my trailer. You broke your back. Broke my back, broke eight ribs. I broke my elbow, my knee, had internal bleeding, a punctured lung. Lots of uh, batters and bruises and road rash. Man. So you were you were yeah. standing like down a hill or in the truck? Did it hit the truck or hit you just like square? I was still rolling up a strap on the driver's side when they they started taking it off from the passenger side. So they were unloading unloading the pipe rolled on top of you. Mm. Yeah. How much would you estimate that thing weighs? It was 5,000 pounds. Oh my God, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It rolled up half my body and rolled back down again. Yeah, we were kind of wondering why we hadn't heard from you for a while. Yeah, I was in that London Hospital, Victorian Children's Hospital there for 10 days. And I got a shout out for them guys. They're the best hospital I've ever been in. They looked after me so well. Kept me full of the good old uh, drugs that stopped. <laughs> <Good> stuff. <laughs> a little Labatt Blue in there as well. <laughs> An <laughs> IV of Labatt Blue. <laughs> and uh, when you put that in me, can you add a little... Uh, Canadian to that while you do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they, yeah. they took good care of you while you were in Victoria Hospital in London, huh? Well, it was a great hospital, man. They were the best. They were all over me. As soon as I pushed my beeper for some help, they were right there. Uh, That's great to hear because them. there's so much negative uh, press about the healthcare system right now. There we, was nothing there. They were body washing me like crazy, and I loved it, so... Sounds like a little you know, too much, I gotta yeah, be honest. Hey. 
<laughs> How many times did you given, ring that bell? Giving you drugs and washing <laughs> you, washing your body. I'm starting to think that maybe this wasn't an accident. <laughs> it was. You never know, Rick. But yeah, you guys are making me laugh, and it hurts. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry buddy. Yeah, okay, no so you broke yeah. ribs in multiple places. Like some ribs were broken more than once. Yeah, some of them were broken uh, two and three times. So that is the worst pain anyone has ever broken their ribs knows. It's every time you take a breath in, you're reminded. Yes, you every the, time the shooting pain uh, going through you. So tell us some good news. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Like, are you you're walking? What's the is the broken back going to heal? The broken back will heal, but it's going to take some time. It's going to affect some muscles back there for a little while. And, uh, but yeah, I'm up walking around with a walker, not very much. So I can go from the bedroom to the couch kind of thing, you know, where I can get up and go to the washroom and come back. And, but I also run out of breath very fast too, Yeah. because I did puncture a lung and I had internal bleeding. Man. They had a tube sticking out of my ribs, <sighs> uh, into my, into my chest cavity to drain blood out for, uh, nine days. So. Well, a good reminder to everybody, because you know when you're working, and Jim, you've worked construction, you kind of get into the routine, and yeah. uh, it's a reminder that every day you've got to be alert and aware and yes. make sure you take your time doing what you're doing, because uh, life can change in in a second. Uh, Trucker in Jim, second. you let us know if there's anything we can do for you, okay, buddy? Sure, play some... Uh or Kells for me. How's that, but guys? Uh, no, sorry. We can't do that. Ask it a bit. We can sponge bath you, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can sponge bath you. Yeah. Right, come on up, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll wash really you down good real thing. good, Trucker Jim. <laughs> uh, yeah, Every cranny. Yeah, I know you, you're originally a Hamilton guy, right? So you're big on our cows and, and you're a fan yeah. of, of all the stuff they do for their fans uh, and for the Hamilton community. Of course yeah. we can play something for you here. Let's right, do uh, Come to Light. You get well soon. And seriously, if uh, there's anything you need from us, let us know. Okay, pal? Yeah, we'll keep chatting with you because I love these guys. You're the best. You make me laugh and happy. So We love you, too. You Don't laugh too hard. See you, buddy. Okay, All right. Woodstock 99. It was going to be the biggest party on the planet. But that's not what any of us remember it for. We got fires everywhere. Look at this. Kerosene. Match. Train wreck. Woodstock 99. A documentary series on Netflix right now has people talking about the festival that the sequel. The sequel's never as good as the original, huh? Uh, Woodstock uh, revisited in 1999. Things got out of control. You don't call your documentary train wreck unless... (laughs) things go sideways right well we weren't there i didn't go to woodstock 99 but one of our listeners tim did and we've had him on to talk about his experience in the past and we we had him watch the documentary here so we want to see how things line up in your eyes tim how you doing bud not too bad how you doing buddy? good so you watched the documentary did it bring back good memories or bad memories uh, it was a little bit of both i had goosebumps watching the the clips of the of the audience seeing the size of the crowd the emotion when the lead singer of corn was talking about 
the sound carrying over 250,000 people and you could see how it was like a wave going over top. It, it, it was definitely intense and chaotic, but I don't remember the violence. I don't remember people being raped and things like that and the chaoticness of what they really glorify in the video. I remember seeing a lot of crazy bands and I remember when the sound tower came down um, Limp Bizkit and the sheets of plywood went across my head. That's when I said, "Okay, time to get out of here." Yeah, you, you, you. Listen, I, uh, Tim, I know you, and I know you like a good party. But at the same time, if the party's so out of control that Tim's leaving, <laughs> <laughs> the tower came down. But I'm gonna stick around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a very big guy, remember, right, guys? So you get 250,000 people, and when the crowd moves 10 feet to the left, you're you're moving with the crowd. Yeah. You have no option. It's like being stuck um, in the ocean, basically. You yeah. go, you go where it wants you to go. Yeah. To be honest, though, they didn't even show the craziest part. The craziest part was when Rage Against the Machine came on. When when Rage hit the stage, I have never seen a frenzy of body parts and people flying everywhere. The bulldog pit in front of the main stage was like a war zone. I watched bodies being carried over the railing and handed like it was a triage center being going in the background. Jeez. Wow! Right, like it was it was absolutely chaotic. The fires that started on the final night. You know, we we were there. I, I remember looking at my buddy and saying, hey, let's get out of here before the state troopers trap us in here because we could see, hear the sirens and they were already coming in. But it was nothing to the point that we were ever in danger. You didn't feel <laughs> like <laughs> it. was a little dangerous. Like you're, yeah. you're being very casual about it. Yeah, oh, we were I saw never his bodies I almost got decapitated by a piece of plywood. Yeah. Uh, everything was on fire. <laughs> Sirens State everywhere. rolling in, rolling on the plane. <laughs> but I felt safe. Yeah, my tent was warm. Yeah. Did you sleep good. in now, a tent? We, 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 slept, we stayed outside the, fair, the campground. So you had the option of either camping inside the concert venue or you could sleep outside in your vehicles and camp all around your vehicle. So wh- that's why we didn't have an issue with the food or the cost of anything is because we camped outside, mm. walked in and out of the venue every day like a smart person. Right. And then and we weren't whiny little complainers. <laughs> if anybody goes to a concert thinking that something's going to be free, you're you're an entitled I don't want to say it on the radio, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you go know to a fire I mean? festival like, and you get what you deserve. Well, that's just it. It was a rock and roll festival. It was the biggest lineup to finish 1999 and starting a new millennium. It was absolutely from noon hour until midnight every day, the most amazing performances that you could watch. From James Brown to Jamiroquai to Corn to Limp Bizkit to Rage Against the Machine, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Metallica. The Bad Tragically Boy, Hip, your highlight the was the hip, hip with all the Canadian flags. That's right. That's right, buddy. A good time. <laughs> well, you do. So, I watch a little bit of the documentary. We're talking Trainwreck Woodstock 1999. Uh, it's on Netflix now. And from what I've seen, boy, oh boy, does it ever look like the most 90s thing ever. <laughs> oh, it was. It was absolutely. Yeah. It, was, it was a blowout to the 90s. It was the, all of the, the people there. It was like a, a, a huge frat party gone wild. Hmm. Right. And that was, if you were there for the, for the fraternity side of it, yeah, I guess maybe it was a little, 
insane. But if you were there for the music, like we ran from stage to stage to stage all day yeah. long. Just but you'd recommend you'd perform. recommend the the documentary that people give it a watch, especially if they're 100%. there. I, yeah. I look forward to them trying to bring out a documentary that would actually play the real music and the positive side, maybe a little bit more through the rose colored glasses instead of the negative side, right? Yeah, I don't think you saw things through rose colored <laughs> glasses that weekend. It may have been something else there, Tim. <laughs> I think my glasses were tinted with LSD shades. More. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there's a reason you have such fond memories. Yeah. You were floating on a cloud that entire weekend, weren't you? <laughs> Could have been a little bit of nitrous floating around. In the air. <laughs> right, never right. Know. Nobody yeah. acknowledged that I was riding a unicorn the whole time. <laughs> impressions. It's worst impressions. Yes. We are playing the game Worst Impressions here with Taz and Jim. Celebrating Terry Eugene Bollea's birthday. Also known as Hulk Hogan, brother. Man, he should have went with Hulk Eugene. <laughs> Eugene Hogan. Yeah. That's a catchy name. Yeah, Hulk Hogan turns 69 today. How could we not celebrate? So we've got three Taz and Jim listeners. We lost one contestant. They got a little, a little nervous or, or something, hung up. So we, we're just going with the three. I think that will be enough here. Sure. <laughs> you give us your best Hulk Hogan impression, and whoever does the best job is going to see the WWE Sunday Stunner in London, Ontario at Budweiser Gardens. Uh, little sample, Jim. This is what Hulk Hogan sounds like, if you've forgotten. You know something, Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and Colonel Mustafa, ever since WrestleMania, when I won the first battle with all my little hulksters, I knew it was just the beginning of the war. Wow. I think we know why his mustache is white. (laughs) 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 A lot of energy. Hogan always brought it, didn't he? Okay, up first, we have James calling from London. James, worst impressions. Let's hear your Hulk Hogan. The fact of the matter is this, brother. I was selling up the world while the rest of you Johnny-come-latelys were bumming gas to put in your car to get to high school. Everybody was wondering who the third man is. I teamed up with Big Sexy Scott Hall. We're the NWO, and we're taking over this place, brother. Was that a shirt there rip at the, the end? Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Very was good. good. Very good. You had the, uh, you know, the shout outs to the other wrestlers in there. Sure, the Hollywood Hogan moment. I, I don't know if the voice was spot on, but definitely captured the essence. A hundred percent of Hulk Hogan. There, pressure's on here. William, you're up next. Let's hear your Hulk Hogan. Well, I listen here, Mean Gene. <laughs> What you're going to do now is Hulk Hogan's going to run wild with the largest pythons in the world. Oh, yeah, brother. It's kind of like when Hogan's talking to his accountant. Still there, but just subdued a little. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Pretty good. Mean Gene reference, love it. And let's go to contestant number three from Hamilton. It's our pal, former Taz and Jim dad bod contestant, the Taco Man. <laughs> Yes. How are you, brother? Rich Highfield, take it away. Let's hear your Hogan. Oh, I know something there, Taz and Jim. I've been waiting for this moment all my life, brother. I'm going to jump on the top rope and file drive your, your butt. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting nervous. Hold on, shoot. I got 24-inch pythons, brother, and I'm going to bring down the pain train on your butts. 
<laughs> Thank you. Oh, for the buddy, I messed that up. <laughs> yeah. You oh, know, we were, were too into it at one point. You almost let something slip, but then you switched it back to butts. So I, I think we're good. I like swearing, man. That's my problem. <laughs> Rich, the voice was very good. Like oh, you, I messed it up. You had the voice down, but you did. Uh, you you stumbled there, and oh. I, I think you would agree that we can't give you the prize. I I agree. I'm sorry. <sighs> Another valiant effort, though, eh? Always a bridesmaid. Four. That's the thing. It messed me up. I know. I know. <laughs> we we do appreciate the self censorship, but I think it's clear who our winner is. James, congratulations! You're going to the WWE Sunday Stunner. All right, brother. That sounds great. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast.